we really, really want to have a giant impact on the world. And that's why I try to lead by example. And that the other thing is, I am forced to get better every day. In this episode, we're making conversations about depression and progression count. You have to have an understanding that it's not meant to replace you. It's meant to supplement you. Running a business can be really tricky. And especially when you're a teacher or a coach or offer services to your customers. Finding a way to actually charge for that knowledge and experience can be really challenging. So in this conversation with Kevin, we deep dive into the real close correlation between frustration and business growth and the general how to make it work. So I had to ask Kevin what his first go-to piece of advice is as we're making conversations about depression and progression count. I tell people this all the time, especially podcasters. They say, should I start with one episode, two episodes? How many episodes should I do a week? And I say, what's sustainable for you right now? One. Cool. Start there. I don't want you to do seven. You will crash and burn. If you do as many episodes as we do, you will crash and burn because we started with one and it was sustainable. Now two, now three, now seven. And I go on 10 or 15 shows a week. Now that's stretching me and I'm burning to the ground, but it's not sustainable yet, but it's more sustainable than it's been. You're so right. And I'm going to make an announcement that I've not made publicly yet. Even for me, podcasting around the day job, and around the family and the wanting to have a life once a week after two years has kind of taken its toll, really. Mm. Every waking minute in between other tasks becomes a podcast activity. Yeah. And you, you have to stop and go, well, what's serving who? <laughs> yeah. And it's been my decision and it's coming into play that the podcast will only be released every three weeks. I'm not going to do fortnightly. I'm not going to do monthly. I want to be different. I'm going to go try weekly because I like the sound of it. And it's sustainable for me. It just has given me back room to breathe, to be able to let other ideas bubble to the surface so that even, even the podcast is going to get better. So if the quality over the quantity is there, that's got yep. to be the way yep. to go. And it has to make sure it aligns with your lifestyle. Yeah. That's the that's the other thing is like I'll be in the office from six or seven a.m. until eight p.m. tonight. Like that's thirteen hours that I'll be sitting in this chair working, and that's not what everybody wants. I do not expect anybody to want that. So that's the other thing too. It's about what yes. your goal is, and if your yes. goal is that you know that that workload now, in time, you know whatever that is in you know two years, yeah. five years, gives you the financial freedom to only work, say, five hours a day and still, you know, retain the financial rewards that you expect and the the lifestyle that you're accustomed to, Mm. that's why you do what you do today. You know, it's got to have a longer term goal than just the end of the week, the end of the month, the end of this year. And you don't see the results. That's the interesting thing is you don't see the results for a long time. We had a day a couple of weeks ago or a month ago where we had three, almost four times the listens in one day 
than we had in the first year. So we had 1,000 downloads our first year. We had 3,800 downloads in one day. I don't know if it was a couple of weeks ago last month, but that never would have happened if we stopped after the first year and said, well, we only had 1,000 downloads. Or the second year, I think we had 28,000. Like, oh, we only got 29,000 in two years. That's the interesting thing is the work you're doing today does not pay off for months, years, potentially yes. decades, but yeah. it's paying off the whole time. It's this weird, weird, weird. Yeah complex thing to realize, but that's why you have to trust in what you're doing and you have to make sure that you're measuring the right stuff that you're doing. The way that we met was not through podcasting. It was actually through your uh, online sites, Next Level University. And it mm. intrigued me because it was very much, you know, it's two young guys. And I was like, what can these two young guys teach me? I'm an old broad. You know, I've been around the block. But actually, you come at what you do in the service to others from a really humble place mm. and in helping people. So just to give people a bit of backstory about what it is that you do at Next Level with your compadre, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how that all started. Where did the name come from from a start? Because it just makes me think Monsters, Inc. I started a podcast called The Hyperconscious Podcast because I realized that for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously. I would just been going through the motions and not questioning why I was making the decisions I was making. And I said, what's the opposite of unconscious? It's hyperconscious. I want to be hyperconscious. I want to know why things are going the way they are. So I started a podcast. My first guest was Alan. So Alan the co-host, the CEO, and the co-founder of the podcast that we have today, he was mentoring me at the time. He was the guy who was into self-improvement, way ahead of me. And we really hit it off because we had gone to middle school together. We had gone to high school together. And we had a falling out in high school because he was the kind of nerd and I was the jock. And I thought he had an ego and I was super insecure. So we didn't get along. But we ended up reconnecting after high school at a party and we started talking about deep stuff. So when I had this podcast, I said, I have to have Alan on because he knows everything. Now, yeah. obviously, he doesn't know everything, but... It's interesting he, how you describe each other as the nerd and the jock and, and then the traits that you aligned yourself to each other, mm -hmm. the jock being insecure. I mean, actually, you're talking an irony right there. If you look at any movie where there's a jock and there's a quote unquote nerd, and when I say nerd, I don't mean that with any negativity. I'm a nerd in a lot of ways, in the best ways, I think. But when you look at movies, the jock is usually the one who bullies because they're insecure. The nerd is quote unquote is usually the person who gets bullied, but they're actually behind the scenes, very, very intelligent. They understand at a deep level that it's just a social dynamic. So yeah, it's it's interesting. And I think that's really helped us lean into who we are. And I can go more into that. But I quit my job at one point because I was miserable at my job. I was making a lot of money, but it literally got to the point where I was debating suicide because I was so miserable. I was so out of alignment. I felt so stuck. I felt so trapped. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was insecure. When I left my job, I already had this podcast going. Alan and I partnered up. That's when we said, look, we both want to have a positive impact. We both believe so deeply in self-improvement. We are both podcasters. Let's just do this together. If you fast forward to, I don't know, 450 episodes in, one of our mentors, Evan Carmichael, we were doing Instagram live with him. And he said, you guys are amazing at interviewing. We'd already interviewed him twice, I think. 
but I can't remember the name of your podcast to save my life. Nobody knows what hyperconscious is. And I said, oh no, we're not changing the name, Evan. That's not going to happen. Like this is my baby. But we took a step back and we tried to be humble and understand this man is one of the most successful people in our industry. He probably knows. So we said, okay, what could we name this new podcast? Like, how do we rebrand? Something we were saying at the time, Wendy, was next level. That pizza is next level. That movie was next level. That was a next level workout. All right, cool. What's that? Eventually, we want to have an online campus where you can go to a building for wealth. You can go to a building for health. You can go to a building for love, podcasting, whatever business. That's a university. It's an online university. I said, what about next level university? And when we said that, it was like, boom, that's it. That's what we're going all in on. I messaged Evan and I said, we're planting our flag with that. That's it. We're not having a discussion. That's the new name. And I think that was like 450 episodes in. So that was 800 episodes ago almost. Wow. So yeah. you, didn't, you didn't even check that the domain was available at that point. We did actually. <laughs> and somebody... I don't, whoever owns it, they wanted to charge us like $5,000. They're like, I'll, I'll sell it to you for like $5,000. And we're like, all right, we're not going to do that right now because we didn't have the money. We didn't have $5,000 to spend on a domain. We got nextleveluniverse.com, which in the grand scheme of things, it's close enough for now. We'll buy it in the near future, but it just wasn't time yet. Oh, let's hope they're not listening because otherwise they'll be putting the price up because they know you want it. I know. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it to have it. I always think it's really interesting what you do because you do go into all of these different areas of life. And, you know, I always say to my husband, you know, we go to work to live. We don't live to work. And mm. sometimes he has to remind me of that now after 20 odd years of me repeating it. He's like, work well, out of your office. Come on. What time is it? You know, but it's interesting, isn't it? How what we do you know, to earn a living, to put a roof over our heads, to provide for our families spills out into that life. So mm. you saying how you weren't enjoying what you're doing, you're passing that gift on and getting others to, to wake up to it. How many people would you say you've served over those 800 and whatever? No, it's got to be about 1200 odd episodes that you've had now, isn't it? Yeah, 1125. Not that um, you're counting. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I count, honestly, is because when I do the intro, I say, welcome back to another very special episode. I hope you enjoyed the last one today for episode blank. So that's the only reason I actually know ah. how many episodes we have. Uh, we have, as of today, I think we have like 675,000 downloads. So that's 675,000 potential people. And then I think of it as two ways, really. There is breadth. That's the amount of people you can impact. And then there's depth. That's the yeah. level at which you can impact different people. So I think the one thing that we do really well is we do breadth seven days a week. So every single day, there's a new episode that drops because we want to be there for our community. But then there's also like, you can actually come see us behind the scenes with a live podcast or a live free virtual event where we do a lot of stuff free behind the scenes because we want to impact it at depth as depth. well. Yeah. So I would say close to 700,000 people, but not everybody's the same amount of impact. And I think that's important to understand that there's some people who have probably listened to one episode and said, okay, that's cool. Maybe it's not for me. We have some people that listen to every episode. And then we also have some people who listen to every episode who have also joined the Facebook group, signed up to the mailing list, work with us one-on-one, -on -one, come to the retreats. It depends on the person. 
Yeah. And that's what's important, isn't it? Is that this approach to the breadth and depth of impacting with with people, and that's like with them, not, yeah. you know, f- for your benefit, yeah. is it doesn't have to be a podcast. It can be through your content. It can be through the stuff that you do on your website. You know, there's so many different ways of being able to have that conversation with people now, isn't mm. there, for people to yeah. find you. It's really, yeah. honestly, about understanding where you need to be to start those conversations, isn't it? Yeah. And it's understanding your audience. I think that two things I always say. Number one, that I believe at a deep level that the reason many people fail is because they're thinking of themselves, not their audience. And obviously, you can be a martyr and you can take that way too far, but you have to be thinking of your audience. And then the second thing I always say, and this is a really, really important breakthrough for me, especially in the podcast industry, but this goes for any business, I would say any business on the planet. Number one, so if you think of it as like a three-tiered system, number one, how well do you know your audience? Like, Do you know what they're dealing with? Do you know their struggles? Do you know what words they like, they don't like? What will they click on? What won't they click on? What problems you're going to help them solve? How well do you know your audience? The second part of the puzzle is how well do you nurture your audience? The third part of the the puzzle is how aligned is your ultimate offer? And when I say ultimate, I don't mean like your special offer. I mean like when you get to the high ticket value. Right. When when somebody says, how do I work with you? And you say, this is my offer. How aligned is it? The problem, Wendy, is if you only know your audience at a level seven, your nurturing can only be at a level seven. It can't be any higher. You can't nurture to any higher of a level than your understanding. If you gave me a plant and you said, take care of the plant, I don't know how unless I know what kind of plant it is. I can't nurture that plant to growth unless I understand it. And then if you don't nurture correctly, when you say, this is my offer, this is how much it costs, this is what it gives you, if it's not aligned, you're going to wonder why you can't grow your business. That's one of the biggest reasons. But one of the things I've seen is the nurture part. People start something and they say, cool, I started it and this is my offer. How come I'm not making any money? Because you're not nurturing your audience through adding value. That's one of the reasons we're quote unquote successful is because we have 26 layers in our business model and half of them are free. I mean, we're, you, you will literally get sick of us if you are part of the community because we're always trying to add value. There will never be an opportunity or a lack of opportunity for growth in our community. It doesn't exist. But there's also plenty of opportunities if you want to exchange your funds for more value. So I think it's, it's important to set it up that way foundations of anything isn't it it's mm. it's so important and i think this is where you've really nailed it in your in your community i know cuz i've been you know fumbling around in there for quite a few <laughs> months actually you know just going oh look at what these guys are doing and you know i would probably be classed as a lurker but it's because i don't necessarily need to have a conversation with you because what you're saying is enough for me but that's my journey but I also see all the other conversations that are going on where somebody's gone, oh my God, that's really helped me. If you hadn't have you know, talked about that today, I would have still been stuck. I now know what to do. You know? So I, I know just how much you do lift people up through what it is that. that you do. I appreciate it. And it's really refreshing, Kevin, because let's face it, we can spend quite a lot of time 
dead time online looking for something to fill us up mm. because for some reason we all think that we're missing something right and a lot of it is empty mm. and it's repeated and people seem to repeat it because that's what they're seeing and they think that that's what's working and it's not so i would really urge anybody who feels that they're missing something you know, to take a look at what you guys are doing because it's working and there could be some element and they just go, do you know what? That's what I need. (laughs) That's exactly what I need. Mm. And then I know you'll be happy because you've reached that depth again. We set it up because we want to help people. And I know a lot of people say that, but I don't want to do seven episodes a week. I'm not like, I'm excited to because I love podcasting, but it's a lot. It's not easy. It's a challenge to do seven episodes a week and the amount of other things we're doing. Like it really, I get to the end of the week every week and it's like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do that again next week. But it's not about the money that comes with it. Of course, I enjoy money and the security and the certainty that money brings. But I did this for free for the first two years. If I was doing this for money, I would have switched and gone to something else. So we really, really want to have a giant impact on the world. And that's why. I try to lead by example. And that the other thing is, I am forced to get better every day. That is a non-negotiable. If I do not get better, I do not accomplish the mission. So for me, it's like, Wendy, I don't know if there'll, there'll ever be a day where I only work five hours. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Saturday and I, Sunday. I, yeah, but I like, kind of get, get that because it's, it's that other big debate, isn't it, about if you were to, to win the lottery or you know, yes. have a sudden windfall of, of money. Would you pack up work? You know, genuinely, no, I think there is a certain type, and I think you're one, I'm one, where we would need to do something to serve others, to feel that we're contributing and part of the societal fabric that, you know, is going on. So there would definitely be something more we could do. And it may not feel like work, but it would be a contribution that would take up a lot of time. Yeah. And with technology, there obviously COVID was something that changed many people's lives and many people's lives in many different ways. But one of the things it did highlight is the fact that a lot of what we're going to be doing is virtual. So there was a part of me that was scared because I didn't want to be on the road all, I didn't want to be on the road for my entire life because I didn't want to be away from my wife and potentially if we have children and family, I didn't want to do that. But now I understand, I mean, imagine if we're at the point where we have a team. We already have a very big team. I think we have 16 or 17 people. We just brought a new member on recently. So if we get to the point where all I have to do is show up to an interview and do this, if I could do this from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. every day, so 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, that's a huge amount of value every day. If I could do that, that's it's also easy. a huge amount of energy. It's a huge amount of energy, but all things considered, I'm kind of already doing that. And I'm working out, well, I'm not right now because I've been on the struggle bus when it comes to getting to the gym, but I will be working out six times a week. I will be doing seven episodes a week for our our other show. I have another podcast about podcasts called Podcast Growth You. So everything will get a little bit easier because I will be more capable and I will have resources to help alleviate some of the pressures that I'm dealing with today. But every hour of impact will actually be more valuable. It's this weird thing where at the end, 
it's easier to do your mission because people actually want you to do your mission and they understand the value of your mission. So it's this interesting thing. It's around giving them responsibility then, isn't it? To allow yeah. you to be accountable for the things that you need to be accountable for to let you yeah. get on with the things that you're good at. And that's a mistake that people make, isn't it, in businesses is not growing their team and having that reliance on other people. There's a lag. That's the problem is two things. One, it's very important that you understand that just because somebody can't do the job as well as you doesn't mean they're not a good fit. If somebody can do something 80% to your capabilities and you can go do something 100% of your capabilities, that's 180% of growth versus you doing 50% and 30%. It's, it's not the same. So you have to have an understanding that it's not meant to replace you. It's meant to supplement you. That's part one. Part two is your leadership is a huge barrier to whether or not this person can actually become more productive and will fit well. When we're thinking of team members, I'm thinking of one thing, humility. I do not care about your education. I don't care about your technical skills. I don't care about any of that. I care about your level of humility because we can coach you up. We've had people in the past who had very high egos. I'm not good at bringing people down. That's just not a strength of mine. I, I do not like it. It's just not the way I'm wired. I like lifting people up. So when I'm thinking of a team member, we had somebody we did an interview with, and he said, honestly, I'm not good at a lot, but I'm willing to learn. Cool. Welcome. You're on the team. Cool. But you're on the team. And that's the reason why he's on the team. But yes, I think that the problem, Wendy, is there's a lag. So oftentimes, you're like, I don't have the money to bring somebody on the team. But I'm also not, I don't have the time to go make more money. That's the interesting paradox where sometimes you got to trust in yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to bring this person on the team. And I'm going to buy myself six hours a week. In those six hours a week, maybe I can go make $150 an hour, 15, 30, 45, 60, 75, 90, 900 bucks. I'm going to give the team member 450 and I'm $450 more to pour into the business. But it doesn't always work that way. So it's a, it's a very interesting challenge, but it is one of the reasons I think more people aren't successful because they're trying to do it all themselves. Well, and that and they don't give it long enough to work out. Yeah. You know, if you don't give it long enough, then I would say that, you know, a lot of running a business, whether that be the money, the energy, the people in it, it really, you know, as, as a whole package, if, yeah. if you talk, talk about it as an organism, it's like a heartbeat mm. and the heartbeat on the graph goes up and it goes down to the bottom and it comes up a little bit more and then down again and up and down. And then it goes flat a little. So there's never one of those arrows that goes up with growth continually. That's not a reality. So it's about having the right mindset, an attitude towards how that's going to affect you and maybe just setting some boundaries as to how long you're going to give it that's reasonable for everybody. I think one of the, the problems is our expectations. And what I mean by that is if I, if I called up Wendy and I said, Wendy, what's happening? We're going to go for a run today. You're going to ask a couple questions. You're going to say, what time, where, and how long? How long is this run? Because how I need to know whether- How fast are you going to go? <laughs> how fast are you going to go, right? That might be one too. What are we doing with those? What we're doing is we are creating accurate expectations. This is the problem I have with many social media platforms and channels. People are telling you it's going to happen quickly. It's not going to happen quickly. 
Those results are not typical. They should slap a sticker on there that says results not typical. I tell people when I work with them as podcasters, I just want to let you know, most likely you will never accomplish what we have in the podcast industry because we are the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. There's two of us. Alan's a genius. I work every single day and I burn myself to the ground. It's not sustainable for most people. But what I will tell you is if you do this, 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 and this, over the next couple of years, you can expect this result. Our expectations determine our approach. So if somebody came to you and said, you're running a sprint, you're going to go all out in that sprint. What happens if that sprint's actually a marathon? Then you're at the end of mile one and you're burnt out. You say, I can't do another 25 miles. There's no way. Then you quit. And then you say, oh, it wasn't for me. I think if we can get accurate expectations from people who are actually telling the truth, then you're way more likely to succeed. But you got to find those accurate expectations. You really do because it, it determines everything. It's something that we've talked about on the show before in, in as much as that we're kind of taught not to trust our instincts, aren't we? Mm. That we take a lot on face value, you know, it's like reading the newspaper, watching the news. It's written there, so it's got to be true. And that's yeah. not necessarily the case because there's, there's hidden agendas. There's different motives behind, you know, the people running these things. Because at the end of the day, there are people and there's, there's psychology going on behind everything that you do. So I think it's really important that if you're going to be running your own business and you need to trust in people, you've got to, one, I think, trust mainly in yourself first, mm. because then you will be able to find that instinct to trust others. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably oh, it is. is. Oh, it is. Right. Yeah. And the other thing too, Wendy, is, I, and I don't think people are intentionally doing, well, I think some people are, I don't think everybody is. I don't want to take a trip to negative town, but there are people who have forgotten why they are successful. They're trying to teach 25 years of time in the compound effect and momentum by saying, well, this is what I do today. What you do today is not bringing you success. It's what you've done for the last 25 years. This interview most likely will not create fame and fortune for next level you, right? It's, it, that's not the way it works. It's, it doesn't work like that. Most of us don't go viral. Most of us build something over the long, long, long term, and then they give advice based on, oh, this is what I do today. Is that what you did to get to where you are today, or is that what you do now? Because those are two different things. It's the hereditary and the expansionary, isn't it? Going by what has gone before and those mm. judgments or something that's just extraordinarily out of you know, sort of stands out in that mm. moment, I think. Yeah. And yeah. it's something else that, you know, algorithms and going viral, if you were to ask the authors of those viral posts, they wouldn't have a clue why. <laughs> They've just hit on something and it just happened to be them, you know, yeah. and it's touched somebody somewhere. Oh, it's, 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 a, it's a complicated business, this, isn't it? It is. Business. It is. And this is the other thing too. I know people who have gone viral they're not as successful as you think because they didn't have the infrastructure to handle the virality. That's the, the interesting thing is it's almost like, all right, cool, here's a million people. What are you going to do? Do you have a product? Do you have a service? Do you coach? Is you, all of it, Do you have a community? Where do you add value? People are far more worried about 
and obviously there's two sides of this, but most people are way too worried about supply and not worried enough about demand. Demand. Mm. But then there's the other side of when they create demand, they don't have supply to back it up. It's it's really this thing where I believe you have to, I think of it like, like a taco truck. If you have a taco truck, ideally on the first day, you want to figure out how many people are coming and how much stuff do we need to order, Yeah. right? That's the idea. You don't want a million people to show up because most likely 999,000 of them are going to leave unsatisfied because you're not going to have enough food for all of them. And you're going to lose 999,000 people. It's good to build up. It's very hard to go from zero to 100 because when you go from zero to 100, you don't learn any of the stuff you would have learned from level zero to 99. And we're talking about sustainability and long term. If you don't have the infrastructure, the systems, the character, especially, that's where things crash and burn. Overnight success usually leads to overnight failure, too. But people don't talk about that. People don't talk about that side of it. It kind of stings, doesn't it? Because I can say from from experience, a viral post for me was thousands and thousands of reactions on a post and hundreds of comments. And whilst that was great and, you know, made me feel fantastic for about a week, I was just mm. constantly, you know, engaged and responding to all of these messages and connections and one thing or another. Did I get a spot, a jot, a business out of it? Nah. Mm. So it was a, a quick and hard and fast lesson to go, oh, I've, I've tapped into something here. But because of the speed that it, it hit me unexpectedly, I didn't know how to actually handle that in such a way that I could have been smarter with how that went. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, if that's what you're looking for, what do you do once you get it? Have you covered that question? That's one of the things I talk to people about most often is they're like, yeah. And again, I know this isn't for everybody. But they're like, yeah, I don't want to do one-on-one coaching because, you know, I just know it's going to be wild and my, my calendar is going to be too full. And I say, yes, I understand completely. That's not for a year, though. You're worried too much about the supply of your time. The demand isn't there yet. Like, let's just get you one client. It's not going to happen like that. It doesn't happen that yeah. way. It takes time and you can level up and you can decide, well, maybe group coaching, whatever it may be. Too many people are focused on the supply. They're, they're focused on the supply and they don't understand the lack of demand yet. That's an interesting point because it's been something that I've been musing over myself on my own. You know, mm. it's not a very interesting conversation when you have it on your own, but there is a lot of people and I'm noticing this that, you know, I've, there's been conversations that have come to me where I'm being encouraged. I know I'm being sold to and I, I kind of play along and it's this, oh, you don't really want to be doing one-to-one -one coaching, do you? Because, you know, you could earn so much more money in group coaching. And whilst that may be true, do I want to do group, group coaching? If it's for the same company, in the same team, with the same alignment, that's different. But mm. lots of different people from different varieties of business and backgrounds, yeah. no, because I don't think that they would get the value that they would get in a one-to-one -one coaching. So I, I also sort of see that this one-to-one, one-to-many, one-to-all model is fast kind of burning itself out yeah. because everybody's doing it and the tactics to encourage people to join my program, it's so transparent now that I think there's 
we need to find a better way of mm. attracting people. What's the answer, Kevin? For us as a business, we only make money from coaching. So we've never run, we don't do sponsored ads. We don't do sponsorships. We don't do affiliates. Not, I'm not interested in any of that. For us, if we do not show up and coach or add value through one of our services, we're not making any money. I think this is the understanding that people have to have. Stop listening to the people who are telling you that you can make more money in less time. It's not like that in the beginning for most people. That's like me saying with 16 years of exercise and fitness experience that you can just do what I do and stay in, in good shape. That's wrong. It's not true. It doesn't work that way. I've just, my grooves of that are just deeper because I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. From my perspective, for most people, depending on what your service is and what you're doing, one of the most valuable uses of your time is one-on-one -on -one coaching. And as long as your business is set up right, here's why. When you coach somebody one-on-one, -on -one, they pour back into your business, not just financially. They listen to your podcast if you have one. They read your newsletter. They recommend people. They join your Facebook group. They come to your events. The long-term return on investment of that one hour is far more than the $150 you might make. It's way more than that. Yeah. Now, this is what people say to me all the time. Honestly, I don't want to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'm going to do group coaching. Cool. Just understand that it's 10 times harder to fill because there's 10 people. Also, it's 10 times harder to maintain because you get a field to 10 times as many messages. Also, understand that if you've never done one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's going to be very challenging for you to coach 10 people at once. Well, we're on our eighth group of 10 people. So we have done seven groups of 10 human beings group coaching, and it is a challenge. It's way different than one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, way two different. Of you. And there's two of us. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two of us and we have a team. Yeah. So just understand that I think the coaching model is based on something we've lost sight a little bit. I was listening to a book the other day and the question was, why do businesses get started? What is the ultimate result of a business? And a lot of people will say money. Wrong. The ultimate result of a business is impact. Impact. Yeah. You get paid in proportion to the level of impact you have in the world. That is why Apple is such a valuable company because most people have an iPhone or at least 50% of people, whatever the number is. They added more value to more human beings. Thus, they're a higher valued company. That's the way it works. Amazon, same thing, right? In the United States, everybody, you drive down the street, you see Amazon packages all over the place. They're adding yeah. value. I think we've lost sight of that when it comes to coaching because we're saying, how do I get somebody to work with me? How do I get them to work with me? How do I get them to work with me? Once they're behind the scenes, we stop adding value. The problem in everything that you've just said there about what they're asking is, is the word me. Yes. It's, yeah. Why would they want to work with me? I always say it's always about them. And, you know, having a conversation a couple of days ago with a guy that I've worked with and, uh, and I just sort of said to him, the biggest frustration I have in running my own business is the amount of time that I spend not delivering so that I can deliver, mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it, the irony is that I want to be spending more time delivering because that's what I'm good at. Yeah. <laughs> and it's how do you tip that, that scale so that it's going in favor of you the right way. And, and mm. I think this is what most people fall into a, a trap over, which is 
Well, not going to be solved in the next couple of minutes, I don't think. <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> Unfortunately not. It's hard. It's, it's a challenge. Time balance is a challenge for everybody. Yeah. But you just have to figure out what's the ultimate goal. If you want five rounds of group coaching, you're probably going to have to do one-on-one coaching for a couple of years to build that up. But you can have the progress towards the ultimate end goal, but it, it's going to take something. Unless you're the, the type of person, you know, if you have a big social media following or something like that, it's different. But again, results aren't typical. Those results aren't typical for the vast majority of us. And even those sorts of numbers, you know, with followings and things like that, it doesn't always equate to cash pound notes. I worked with a client who had 150,000 followers, very engaged followers on one of the social media platforms, and was doing a live event, like a behind the scenes event. And I believe it was $70 a ticket and 400 people came. So this person made $28,000 in an hour. Now that's great. That's a great amount of money. But think of 150,000 to 400. Yeah. That conversion rate is extremely low. And it's not just the hour, is it, that you deliver? Correct. It's all the time that it takes to prepare. I know when I was doing like two-day masterclasses, it would take weeks of getting the material yeah. together, it, mm. you know, in our pockets here and there. And, you know, your brain never switches off. It's the follow-up actions. It's the getting people there in the first place. So it, it takes way more than just that hour a week coaching slot for yep. 12 weeks. And the deeper level of that is, it's also the 15 years of work that person did before yes. before they yeah. they actually made the offer. That's the, that's the interesting yeah. thing. But when people hear that, they're like, okay, I'm going to do that too. This person has a 15-year head start. 15 years is a long time. How long have you been doing this for you to be able to show me? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> that's why a lot of people don't win is because they don't ask that question. This is an understanding that I think is very important. As a consumer, creators are taking advantage of you based on your lack of awareness. I see a lot of fitness products and I laugh at them. It's like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And then you look at how many people have bought it and it's millions and millions. Why? Because their awareness of fitness is just not that high yet. So they're getting taken advantage of based on low awareness. And that bothers me to my core. I cannot stand it. I Women cannot stand are it. being duped every day online. I see the adverts of course. closing them. Because to lose weight, you've got to have a hormone diet. Because There's always something. And, and you just go, and, and it's, this is because of the awareness of perimenopause, menopause, all of those sorts of things that yeah. women are, are sort of uh, listening and they're going, oh, yeah, that's me. Well, do you know what? It could be you in any situation. If, yeah. if you really look hard enough, you can make yourself be that person. Of course. So yeah, I'm with you, Kevin. That vulnerability, taking advantage of vulnerability is, yeah, uh, is, is a no-no. It's brutal. That's how some companies do business. And again, that's not, I, I can't sleep at night if I do it that way. That's not the way I choose to do it. But there are people out there that are doing it. And you just got to be very careful. And you got to ask questions to Wendy's point. I, I do that all the time of, as a podcast coach, I tell people like, I have the result that you want. If you're a podcaster, most likely, that's why you came to me, right? I, I get to live through podcasting. I don't ever have to leave this house if I don't want to. We're doing really well with a podcast. Awesome, great. And I don't mean that with any ego. Just listen to what I say. Stop listening to the people who are telling you the opposite of me. Do they have a successful podcast? No. Okay, they don't know what they're talking about most likely. They most likely don't know because they haven't practiced it. It's very easy to stand on the sidelines and say, you should do this, 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 and this. 
but I've done it every day for the last five and a half years. I know what works and what doesn't to the level I do, right? There's certain things I haven't tried. I don't know how that works, yeah. but yeah. And and hopefully that's a good reflection of you wanting to come and talk to me, really, you know, because mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to go go and attach your name with somebody who's really right. not doing a good job, right? Right. Yeah, 100%. That's it. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. There's only one question I have left. Let me tell you about my Power Up program. An hour and a half with me and accountability later. It's by no means ever going to fix everything. But what it will do is it will allow us to find one area that's a key priority for you to implement straight away into your business and allow you to just see the other areas that you need work on. It's a great stepping stone into the 12-week building block program. Just book a chin wag. Let's have a natter and let's see how I can help you. To ask, really, Kevin, I ask everybody that comes on the show, and that is to share that one conversation that changed your life or career. Oh man, the probably the biggest one was before I was a podcaster and I had any goals of doing this. Alan had a YouTube show, and it wasn't really a show; it was just I don't know. He was kind of interviewing people all over the place. And he said, I want to interview you. And I said, all right, cool. We're going to talk about fitness. Awesome. I don't know what we're going to do, but whatever. I'll give it a try. At the end of that hour and a half, I said to one of my other buddies, Andrew, who was there with us, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. That hour and a half just went by in what seemed like 30 minutes. If I could do that every day, oh my goodness, my life would be amazing. And he said, well, there's people who do that. And that started the train for me of, is me being like a full-time podcaster possible. I didn't believe that in the time. I didn't believe that was possible for me. But I I started doing research. I started understanding podcasting at a deeper level. That conversation is one of the reasons I started the podcast, for sure. Set the ball sure. in motion. It set the ball in motion. And I'll give another one real quick. Alan and I, so Alan's the, the co-host and, and a mentor. He's really still mentoring me. We had a conversation in our studio one day. And this was one of the most painful conversations I've ever been a part of my entire life. Alan sat me down and said, I, I need to vulnerably share something with you. And I said, okay, I mean, we do a lot of that. So that's not out of the realm of normalcy. And he said, I have a fear that I'm going to outgrow you if you don't level up like the way you're learning. Because I know that you're leaning, you want to make sure you stay relatable. And I, he said, I understand that. And that's very important. But there's a difference between being relatable and not leveling up. And I'm afraid that I'm going to outgrow you because I've outgrown so many people in my life. And, and we were both crying and it was terrible. It was brutal. But that was one of the most impactful conversations of my life because it helped me understand at a deeper level. It was, it was a lot of truth, but it also set in motion me learning more and more. And, and I wouldn't be talking to you in the way that I'm talking to you today if that conversation didn't happen. So that was one of the most, convers- the most important conversations I've probably ever had. Yeah. What well, is challenging your hunger for it? Yeah. Are you just yeah. coasting like you've done before and enjoying yeah. it? Are you just going to coast or are you going to really do something with this? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was, yeah. it was a challenge. It was a challenge for sure. Yeah. But, you know, some of the most challenging conversations are the ones that create the most growth. And that's, that's what we're here for. That's why I'm all about making those conversations <laughs> count, Kevin. I can tell. 
<laughs> Kevin, it's been an absolute delight to share this time with you. Always encourage listeners to carry on the conversation. So I'm guessing we're going to send them to nextleveluniverse.com. But if they want to reach out personally, where's the best place for them to get you? I would say Instagram's probably the best place. That's where I'm. The, I mean, I have a LinkedIn and all that, but I don't really like LinkedIn. I'm not a LinkedIn person. I have one because you're supposed to. Uh, Instagram is the best place. My handle is at neverquitkid. I try to send a video to all my new followers. That's one of my goals. I try to send a custom video. I'm way behind because I've gotten more followers recently. So I have to do that. Uh, But yes, if you follow me, I will send you a video at some point for sure. That's great. (laughs) And, And of course, you'll find lots more information in the show notes. Thanks a lot, Kevin. My pleasure. Oh, it was wonderful. So there you have it. It's complicated. And... The answers to the questions, oh my goodness, it just depends. So what do you think? How do you go about it? Do you agree that this, you know, one to many model is overrated and do people really get the value? I challenged this in this conversation today, but I want to know what you think. How do you learn best? Is it down to money and cost of entry? Or is it really down to the value that you're going to get? Don't forget, if you need my help, get in touch. If you need Kevin's help, reach out to Kevin. Please do carry on the conversation. Next time, I'm going to be joined by Ian C. Williams, who has released a book please go look it up. It's called Soil and Spirit. I've got mine here and I've been tucking into that nicely. And I invited Ian onto the show because I feel that environmental change can be led by business too. It's not just a personal choice. So we get deep into conversation around how we can make a difference as a business to our planet and influence others. Some people are able to just go to gym and do it themselves. Some people need to get a personal trainer because they need to be accountable to someone outside themselves if they're going to hold themselves accountable to the behavior. Mm-hmm.